Today, learning and development is at the heart of a franchise system's need for company-wise standardization and growth. Providing a robust and immersive training program is not only essential to attract new franchisees and employees, but also ensure they stay within the business and perform at the highest possible level too. Thus, Franchise L&D will speak to the experts at the heart of this evolution. We'll look at how new initiatives and pioneering technology are changing the way we learn and why franchise systems are even more reliant on L&D professionals than ever before. So please grab a coffee, lean in and enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to Franchise L&D, the show where we learn about learning and meet the L&D professionals at the heart of the sector. And today I'm delighted to say we meet Chris Finley, a trainer, motivational speaker, best-selling author, and VP of L&D at Title Boxing Club. Chris, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hi, excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Rob. No problem at all. So, so wow, you, you, you do a lot uh, and there's a lot to cover off. Um, but first things first, um, why don't we start with um, how you got into franchising and, uh, and what kind of pointed you to a, a career in training as well? Uh, yes, my career in franchising. It started at the ripe old age of three. <laughs> so I was really young. Um, I, I got introduced to franchising through my parents. My parents were franchise owners. When I was three, they packed up um, me and my little sister and moved us from Central Texas to Pensacola, Florida to own and operate their first franchise business. Um, it was a rainbow carpet cleaning franchise. My mother was the telemarketer. <laughs> my dad was the carpet cleaner. And my dad tells the story that when they showed up to Pensacola, they had $800 to their name. And on day one, they had to put down $600 as the deposit on their house. So truly, whether or not my family ate was because of my parents' franchise business. Um, so that was my introduction into franchising. And they, I, I'm happy to say they are still franchise owners. They are on their fifth franchise location, just getting started with another brand. So that is, Fantastic. to me, franchising is more than just a job. It, it truly is. I am a beneficiary of this industry and the great things that it does for entrepreneurs in our community. That's brilliant. And that's a ballsy move, isn't it? To, to go with, uh, with with that much in your pocket and, and, and kind of risk it. And yeah, congratulations on... Um... Well, on on that success, and and what were you doing at three years old? I mean, that's I don't know. <laughs> what was your, what was your role? We, <laughs> yeah, I was. Food, <laughs> I guess I I think about that now too. I mean, they would have been in their mid to late twenties. They had two kids under three. I'm like, how brave! I would never, never have the courage to do something like that. But good, for, you know, good for them, and it all worked out well. Sure. No, there's a Hollywood film in there somewhere, isn't there? But um, no, that, that, that's phenomenal. So, so with, with regards then, okay, you started at three. Um, did you become a trainer at four or, or how, how, how did that work yeah. out? Yeah, I was really lucky. My mom, uh, you know, started working full time in franchising. And when I graduated college, my first job was with Curbs, which at that time was the largest fitness franchise in the world. So when I joined that organization, they had 10, 10,000 franchise locations in over 60 countries. And that was kind of my introduction. I, I honestly, I didn't think that franchising would be my career path. I wanted to get into the CIA and, or, or work for the State <laughs> Department. I have an international <laughs> studies major, so I thought I'd, I'd go work in some third world country somewhere. But wow. I found that 
really, I was blessed at Curves because when I was young, again, too, I followed in my mother's footsteps. She taught group exercise classes. And so when I was 15, I too started teaching fitness classes. And so Curves was this really great opportunity for me to blend my passions of like, working for a large international company and still being involved in fitness and helping people make, you know, their lives better and healthier. Um, So it ended up being a great fit. I was there for five years. It gave me the opportunity to travel all over the world. I lived in Australia, New Zealand for a little bit. And, and again, in that role, I, I, you know, I started, I did a, a lot of things at Curves. At one point I did translations and I managed all the translations of, of operations manuals. Um, But I got to facilitate a lot of training and that was great because my mother kind of took me under her wing and mentored me and really helped me think about how do you be an effective trainer and facilitator and and how do adults really learn. And so that's where I got my start and and I've been happy ever since. Fantastic. Now that that sounds great, and 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 today sees you. Obviously, you've got a consultancy as well, which we can dig into. Um, but um, Title Boxing Club seems to be then the perfect marriage of personal training and professional training. Um, and and is your pathway? You know, it's a it's a good point on on your pathway. Yeah, I, I like probably so many people in your audience and someone who like I, I work for passion. I don't work for money. I mean, the money's nice, but, but really I have to be aligned with the companies that I work for. And so Title Boxing Club, again, it's it's a great way to handle mental health. I love what we can do for stress relief. It feels so good to punch a bag. Um, and so really what the Title Boxing Club franchise owners are doing in their community to empower people to live healthier, more stress-free type of lives is great. And so I'm the VP of learning and development for them. So I, I, my role in the organization is to think through the big strategies that the company wants to achieve. And then of course, I have the responsibility to translate that to the actual people working inside of the businesses so that they understand where we're going and how do we get there and that they have all the tools that they need to support their team in terms of learning and communication and, and engagement, really. So that's the role that I, I play at Title Boxing Club. Great stuff. And what what strategies or what's worked well for you in that role with regards to, I suppose, even from a, a, an onboarding point of view or for, for personal ve- development for employees currently, currently within the business? Yeah. So like one of the things, uh, we've all done sales training at some point in our careers. So sales training was one of the first big initiatives that we had at Title Boxing Club. And luckily I've worked, this is now the fourth franchise organization that I've worked for. Uh, mostly in fitness and in the wellness space. So I've done a lot of these sales trainings. I got to flex a lot of sales training muscles. And one of the things that really I discovered early on was that it takes more than just a sales script to train somebody. I think we can relate to this idea of you give someone a script and then they leave the training and they don't do it. (laughs) They never say it. So for a while, for years now, I've been playing with What is that thing that stops people from truly executing on something that they learned? What is that gap, that knowing doing gap that we're all so familiar with? And so for me, it was really an exploration of what I've been on in my personal journey, which is like, it's what's happening in my mind. It's my mindset that is either my 
most powerful ally or my biggest enemy. <laughs> so, so in the Which sales trainings, yeah, yeah. So in my sales trainings that I've done for a few near, years now, I've I've started to help incorporate more aspects of mindset into the existing structure that we're trying to build inside of the scripts and the role plays that you do. Um, so I like one thing, one little tip that I've used is, you know, you do a multi-hour sales training and there's a break for lunch in the middle of the day. And I always kind of start off my sales trainings by saying, okay, um, I know you came here for sales training, but surprise, you're actually getting rejection training. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to be okay with rejection. It's <laughs> So one of the activities that they do at lunch is um, I have them go out, you know, you're at lunch, you're getting coffee, whatever, just go and ask for a 10% discount. Just ask. I mean, no big deal. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But the, the goal is just to help them, you know, get okay with getting a no, asking a question that feels a little uncomfortable sure. and getting a no. Um, so I've started incorporating things like that. And even when I came to title, like I said, one of our first big initiatives was sales. And so we started a, a, a live in club training called high impact sales. And we did all of the, you know, the, the relationship building and the role playing and helping them kind of have this mindset that we're helping people. And if we don't show them okay. the path, we're hurting people, like right? Like we're making them go and try to find us an answer somewhere else when we know we can help. Um, so I teach them that. And then luckily, the good thing is, is, you know, it was very easy to track sales conversion. And in a three-hour training, we're able to see, you know, four to six-point boost in conversion that has sustained for months. You know, and so that to me is like, yeah, that number is great. Sales conversion is great. But that's more people that are now living healthier, more energetic, vibrant lives. Like that every little percentage increase is somebody's life. And so that's, that's what excites me and, and empowers me to keep doing what I do. Yeah, that's great. You, you, you're giving the, the salespeople a little bit of courage as well there with the, I love the 10% discount challenge, um, where, where they go in and, and look, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, people, no one likes, no, no one like rejection. They, they don't like rejection, but, but to have it, um, to have it that specifically is, is, is fantastic. Do they come back with a few uh, cheaper coffees for you? Is that, is that oh, no, part yeah, of the... that's such a good point, Rob. Nobody has ever brought me well. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is funny to hear their stories. Some of them are successful and some of them you can tell they didn't even do it. <laughs> so, it, but it's such a, it's a glimpse sure. into like someone's mind and, and you can definitely see the results. Some people don't care. They'll ask, they'll ask the hard questions. I think that's a great idea. That, 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 that's fantastic. So you've seen the results following. How, how else do you measure success then? You, you talked about then living healthier lives. Um, you've obviously got the, you know, the, the uplift on, on revenue. Is there anything else where you can look at and say, we've done a good job here. This, this training is working. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is relationships. In the franchising space, relationships are at the heart of what we do. And that trust between franchisor and franchise partner is I mean, it is foundational because if you don't have that, I'm sorry, but you have a hard time boosting any KPI if, if a franchise partner doesn't trust their franchisor. So one of the reasons, I mean, it was still, this was in 20, 
21 when we did live high impact sales training in clubs. And as I mean, as you know, that's still COVID. I mean, <laughs> Omicron came out, you know, it, it, so it was a little bit of a risk to get back into live training environments where you had anywhere from, you know, five to 35, 40 people in one room. But the reality is, is that that time was so important to build that trust and that relationship. I was new to the title boxing club network and they didn't know me, you know, they didn't know me. So it would be very hard if they didn't have a relationship and a trust built with me as the VP of learning and development to get a lot of engagement in anything that I pushed out. But once they get to meet you, in person, they see that you, you know, walk the walk, you talk the talk, you truly care about them and their success in this business. Then what, what that, what I feel that set me up for success was then a couple months later, when I launched a learning management system, you know, an LMS platform, and I had it loaded with e-learning content, they knew, they knew Carissa. And, and so they'd watch the videos that Carissa was in. And, and there was a little bit yes. of a rapport that made them log on to a system versus me just being, you know, some stuffy executive at an ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great no, that, that you personalise it, and and just just on the on on the COVID, I imagine obviously, well, the the, the clubs were closed um, during COVID. So, did you keep the training going, and and how was that? Because that would have been more on a on a remote basis. Yeah, I'll I'll share two examples. When COVID first hit, I was not at right. Title Boxing Club. I was at Elements Massage, and like okay. m- many companies, sure. things were shut down. So there was a big investment in training that we put into place that got pushed out through e-learning because I'm sure some of you guys remember, you know, it was like everybody was still investing and trying to hang on to their talent and they were paying them for training, which I feel like so grateful for, you know, thank you for doing that. And luckily they got some funding that helped them with those expenses. So a lot of the training that we pushed out was obviously e-learning because everybody was at home and um, it was all about safety. I mean, I did a video of like how to clean a massage room, you know, how to disinfect a massage room and, wow, and make okay. sure that it was safe. <laughs> Even the um, the videos that we also did, the e-learning that we did at Elements right, right as COVID was hitting was all around like, how do you still have a sales conversation with a mask on, you know, and teaching people about using your eyes and smiling with your eyes and communication through kind of nonverbal expressions, which it was the first time half of our face was covered and we're trying to like connect with people and interact. And so that was that was really important. But luckily for for both Elements Massage and Title Boxing Club, a lot of them were were fortunate enough to be able to open back up pretty quickly because they're they're service-based environments and in a way they are contributing to the greater wellness of of the U.S. So when we were doing at Title Boxing Club, the high impact sales, the clubs were open. That was another motivator for me, Rob, was that these people are in the clubs every day. You know, they're interacting with people, whether or not I'm still a remote employee or a lot of people are still remote employees. They're not. They're not. They're at clubs. They have to be. The doors open at a certain time. So it's important for me to to be a part of the environment that they're in every single day. I mean, they are in a live open environment. So that's that's part of why we, you know, we 
we did that live in person was, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're not remote. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think after a spell uh, in, in lockdown as well, I think you, n- you need that in-person um, activity, don't you? And, and, and you need to see people. So, so that, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, Carissa, you touched on um, mindset there, which is uh, hugely important and having a growth mindset alongside, you know, the, the skills and the tactics to be able to sell, for example. Um, but I know you're also a keen practitioner uh, or passionate about mindfulness as well. So um, I know something about mindfulness, um, but not much. Um, I believe it's it's been in the now and stuff, um, but I'm guessing. Um, so for me and, and for people watching and listening, um, what is mindfulness? Um, and how have you incorporated that into, in, in, into your roles? I love that question. Thanks, Rob. Like to me, mindfulness is it's it's a variety of tools that you can use at any moment to connect to the present. (laughs) And what's so powerful about the present moment is, is that most of us live in the past, right? Like we have a conversation with a team member and it gets in our brain or our boss, right? It gets in our brain and we just replay that over and over and over again. And we notice that we start to build up this kind of anger, resentment, frustration. <laughs> if we just are constantly in the past replay <laughs> or, or we live in the future. You believe in my career, Carissa. I feel like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. We know it. Um, and we, and then, or we live in the future, right? Where things are unknown, things are unpredictable, especially now, like with still being in COVID, what's going to happen? What's the new variant? When are things opening? Will we have to go back? There's so many unknowns that there's, if you just live in that unknown state, there can be a lot of fear and anxiety. But in the present moment, there are none of those, right? Like in the present moment, if we just take a deep breath together, and exhale, we just connect, none of that fear and that anger or resentment exist. It can't. And so that's that's how I use these different tools to come back to what is so special in that moment. And what I've seen, this really stemmed a lot from working with franchise partners for what has now been 15 years of my career is I'm sure many people can relate to this. You know, you sit down with a franchise partner, you have a coaching conversation, you talk about their KPIs, you give them a very specific action plan that they can do. Maybe in in many cases, I, I then get their team together and I train them and we role play. And then you leave and you notice that months go by and they never implemented any of those strategies. They never tried any of the best practices. They never tried, right? You know, they never tried the new training. They never put these things into practice. And so for me, that was like the light bulb that like, like I said earlier, like it's a mind game. You either believe that you can achieve success or you don't. And if you and, and if you've ever worked with a franchise partner sure. who doesn't believe they can achieve success, we all know how challenging of a conversation that is. And so so that's really for me, the mindfulness was practices that I was implementing in my own life. I have a mantra that is I'm here to be great. Okay. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are the tools that I have used <laughs> to kind of show up in my peak state and, and achieve what greatness feels like for me and how I show up for everybody else. So it was, these are practices that I knew worked 
for me. And so I couldn't, it was like, I mean, you know, you're like, you're sitting with this little like gift that, you know, is so powerful and you've seen such amazing effect. I couldn't not share it with owners, right? Because you can see, I could see myself and so many of them where they, they just kind of had these limiting beliefs and so much of, I I follow the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza and, you know, he likes to say that's like 95% of our day is unconscious habit, right? Most of us are just doing what we did yesterday and doing what we did the day before that. And as an entrepreneur and a business owner, if you want something else for your business, but you're doing what you've been doing for weeks, months, years, right? Isn't that what they say the definition of insanity is, is doing the same same thing thing. and expecting a different result. Exactly. Exactly. So these mindfulness strategies allow you again to come back to the present moment where you can just observe and be aware of when did I go unconscious and and go back to what I my old programming right those that repetitive behavior that I know I want to change so I started you know in infusing that in a couple different ways inside of my trainings and so one of them was is just like the state of energy right like if you want to make a big shift in your business, guess what? As a leader, you got to come with energy. You have to show up every day with the amount of like physical and mental stamina that it takes to create change and to inspire a team. And so I started, you know, I've done many a week long trainings where we're sitting in a room together for 40 hours a week, but I started fusing in a lot of these like energy builders, right? So I'll just, you know, pause. Okay. Did you get that? Do three squats. Let's go. Come on. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, you know, or sit down. <laughs> so I'm a lot, I'm a lot of fun in a training. If you, if, especially if you don't want to move, you just yeah, want to sit yeah, down. Yeah, I know. I want to come to one of those. And how, um, look, I imagine some um, new franchisees um, are more traditional. Um, how receptive were they to be to, you know, to mindfulness as, as something which is, which is different? Um, and, and also to the, because you're high energy, which, which which is great, and and how receptive were they to you know to do those squats and to and to, and to joining in with your with your approach? Yeah, I think two things. One, managing expectations. I you know day one, the very sure. first thing that I kick off like a week long training like that, Rob. The very first presentation after we've done the get to know you stuff. The very first presentation that I kind of lead into is like your path to success. And I immediately straight out out of the gate talk about mindset and the responsibility that they have as leaders and entrepreneurs to have a mindset for growth and for success. So right away, that's what you just go into the deep end, <laughs> like you know. And and two, they're in the zone. They're in the zone, <laughs> right? Like they don't they don't know me yet. Like they're still listening. Yeah. They're still paying attention. But the other thing too is I never talk about it as mindfulness, really, like I don't, like that's the language that that I use to kind of characterize what I'm doing, but I don't say that to them. That what I'm saying to them is how this stuff impacts them as a leader, like how it has, um, you know, like the, the type of, um, you know, impact that it has when they show up. So, you know, I'll say like before we do three squats, you know, I'm like, all right, Listen, you guys, if you want to create significant change in your life, 
Like you got to be moving an, an object in motion stays in motion. So come on, let's go stand up three times, do three squats. So I'm never even actually telling them what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just telling them about, you know, listen, like one of the things I think that all of us can relate to is like having challenging conversations with a team member, right. Or, or a coaching conversation that you have to have maybe for an under underperforming staff team member. And so when we get to that part of leadership training, like I kind of teach them about, Triggers, right? Like, um, how do you walk into a room with the type of energy that you have to make that space productive and positive? So, you know, if you're, if you're having a difficult conversation with a team member, can you block out 15 minutes ahead of that and just like shake out your limbs and like take a couple of deep breaths and like visualize how you want that conversation to go? So I know. That's a mindfulness tool. <laughs> I'm not telling them that. I'm telling, I'm just teaching them very practical things that they could do to be in a peak state and be the type of leader that they want to be. Great. No, I like it. It's outcome driven, isn't it? You, you kind of, you're leading them to the outcome you desire for them and, and they should desire uh, without giving them the kind of ingredients of what they're actually doing, which is, which is great. Um, and, and you mentioned, Carissa, um, you talked a lot about leadership and, and success. Um, and you are a, a published, a published author and a best-selling author. Um, and I believe that the book was um, was all about success, wasn't it? Um, coincidentally enough. Um, so yeah, did you mind just do you mind just telling us a little bit about that and, and where we can find it and read it and and just I, I think you had one chapter, did you, within, within the book and yes. on your specialist subjects? Yes, yes. So I, you know, just a couple sentences ago, I said the word visualize. <laughs> If that is like a new term to you, um, my chapter that I contributed to the book called Success is all on visualization. And I teach two visualization strategies that people can use to you know, focus, be, be intentional about the future that they want for themselves, whether that is like a long-term vision of what they want in terms of how they want their business to look and the type of team that they want to build. Do they want to open multiple locations? How much money do they want, you know, a business to generate? Or, so that's like a great long-term, what do I, like, what's my direction, right? Like, what is my focus on? And then another one is just these short little anytime visualization practices. Like what I mentioned, if you're about to go into maybe a coaching conversation or if you're about to have a conversation with your landlord, or if you're about to, you know, or maybe you're about to go and lead a, a team meeting, you know, whatever it is, these little short in the moment visualization um, activities. So I was really honored because the book, I co-authored it with Jack Canfield, who, if you know that name, he was the um, co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So one of the best-selling authors of all time. Okay, and fantastic. more importantly to me, like somebody that I consider my mentor, he has a book called um, The Success Principles, which is like one of the top five books. I read it. It changed my life. I recommend it to everybody. So I'm a, a student of Jack Canfield's <laughs> teaching. And so it was a really an honor to be able to contribute to that book, which you can get on Amazon. Check it out. Chapter 14 is Carissa Finley's chapter <laughs> about visualization. Okay, the link will be, the link will be going <laughs> along somewhere. <laughs> so how, how did you get to meet Jack? Did, did, did he approach you? Did you approach him? Was no, it, uh, was I, I've actually working? never, I've never yeah. got to meet him in person. I've attended some of his live trainings. Okay. But sure. anyway, yeah, it was a really great kind of opportunity to just apply and went through a pretty rigorous application process. And but yeah, that's like, I guess the next, the next level is to get to meet him in person. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will happen. Um, He'll listen to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll send it to him. I'll email it to him to, to ensure that, yeah, um, we'll, we'll get you together. It's about, it's about time you two met. But, um, but yeah, no, that's, um, it's, it's certainly something I'll look into. And we, we talked um, when we had the, I suppose, the pre-call call, we, we, we talked about obviously success and visualization and, and mindset, which, which are fascinating. Um, but also uh, maybe due to COVID, um, and it's a lot of the times it's related to, to doctors and nurses maybe, and we hear about burnout a lot. And I know you're, you're putting some training together and, uh, and put some coursework together around burnout. So, so again, it'd be great to kind of get some background there. Um, get your definition really on what burnout is. Cause, cause I imagine it can be, it can, it can mean different things to different people. Um, so it'd be great to get that def- definition and just hear a bit more about the work you're doing there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, for me, I mean, there was always an element of like being an entrepreneur is hard work. I saw it in my parents, you know, I see it in the franchise partners that I work with. And there's an element to this is a, this is a business that you don't get to just kind of clock out, you know, at five o'clock and step away from it is 24 seven, 365. So then when COVID hit right now, entrepreneurs and their teams are managing a, a, a new level of stress because especially, you know, like I said, I was working for Elements Massage early into 2020 and you had now team members who were, you know, at risk or living with someone, a family member who was high risk. And so they had to be very cautious or they were getting sick or they were calling out sick. And so you have all these staffing challenges, which is hard to you know, operate a business consistently if you've got people calling out. But then you're also seeing clients and you're seeing clients who are in a pretty emotional state. And if you think about people coming for massage or coming to work out, like they're coming to try to deal with something, you know, their own stress. And so what we were seeing is a lot of time clients were getting on massage tables and just you know, that was their release. And so they were talking and here's what I'm dealing with. And this person has it. And I'm scared about this. And then you can't help but kind of energetically pick that up from someone. And if you're a massage therapist and you're seeing eight people in a row who are in these high emotional states, it's very hard for you to step away from that. Like you, you just can't help but get it absorbed into their stories and they care and, and they want to try to help. So to me, burnout really is just, it's, it's a higher level of stress and it's an awareness that like, you're not living as your best self. Like, you know, so yes, that happens from COVID, but it also happens, you know, as soon as you open a business or, you know, you have a new kid or, you know, it's just this kind of awareness that like, I'm not focused on who I want to be anymore. I'm just trying to get by. Like I am just in survival mode. I'm not focused on the future. I'm not thinking proactively. I'm just trying to freaking make it through the day because my stress levels are so high. So what was interesting to me is I, I started seeing this in, in our franchise partners, but also in myself. And, and what lit a fire for me is you know, early into 2020, it may have been, you know, April, May. I mean, I had a panic attack, like my first one ever. And I was, you know, we were remote, you know, I'm trying to put these trainings together. And I just remember I had this panic attack and I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, if I'm in this type of stress state and I know the tools that I can use to help 
move through this stress. What are people doing, Rob, that don't know about meditation? They don't know that. Absolutely. Exactly. So that kind of lit a fire in me. I already had a a public speaking business that I operate and I was teaching still a lot of mindset things. But really then what happened is I shifted to helping people with burnout. So even just recently, I spoke with a, a national spa chain and their their owners are just stressed and they're dealing with clients and staff and people and shortages. Um, so, so I connected with them. We did a speaking and really I just, I'm just teaching people the tools that they have to help move through this place. I mean, when we're burnout, we feel stuck. And it's just empowering them with a different mindset to move past being stuck and how to actually implement real tactical things into their life to get back to being their best self. Gotcha. No, that, that, that's good to hear. And have you seen you've seen people come come out the other side, maybe from from burnout and from 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 speaking to you? Um, yeah. Well, the success stories, if, if you can share any, of course. Yeah, but. Of course. I mean, I, I've heard a, a, a lot of anecdotal feedback about, you know, thank you, because this was, I, I wasn't prioritizing myself. That's kind of been the biggest takeaway from people is, is that, oh, phew, gosh, we kind of know that adage, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I'm over here trying to pour from a cup that is bone dry. <laughs> so it really is about shifting their focus to themselves and and approaching it with a sense that this isn't selfish. This is you being able to empower yourself or fill your cup or take care, nurture yourself so that you can then go do that for others. Um, so that's that's been the kind of, I think, the biggest takeaways that I've heard. It's okay to be a little selfish and take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. And sometimes you need to be. Absolutely. Um, so just before we wrap up, I mean, you're high energy, super successful. Um, if someone's coming into to franchising or thinking about coming into franchising, is there a couple of tips you can give them with regards to not only learning and development, but um, from your three-year-old self to, to, um, to, to yourself now? I mean, what have, what have you learned and what can you pass on to, to, to the franchising community who's listening and to those who are thinking about obviously um, becoming part of it as well. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I will uh, share the principle that my mother always taught me, which was seek first to understand and then be understood. I think there, if you want to be successful in franchising, one, you have to have a tremendous amount of respect for the risk that these people have taken to build the future that they want for themselves. And I don't take that lightly. And I, I know a lot of my friends in this industry do not as well, too. But you have to respect that this person is coming into your business, into the collective business with a lot of expertise. I mean, I, I, I we have franchise partners that are doctors and very experienced, talented marketers with, with that have worked for large companies. And so I, I think that there's a, an amount of respect that you have to to, you know, have for this person and this franchise relationship that you're building. But then I also think that relates directly to learning is, is because I know, you know, I, like I learn the best when I'm able to talk things through and share my input and my experience or how I'm thinking about something. And so if we approach learning as this kind of role where I'm the expert and I'm going to sit here and tell you everything, you lose the adults that are in the room that have this you know, broad expertise that I don't have. And so the more that you can 
engage and, and listen and hear what they have to share and how they approach problems or strategies, I think then you create a learning culture that is collaborative versus top down. And we know that people learn better when they are, you know, a part of the collaborative experience. So I, I never stand in front of a room pretending like I, like I know it all. Um, and in fact, every training, I walk away learning something from the people in, in the training. Um, and, and hopefully they do as well too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure they do. And, um, I'm from London, uh, the UK, and it just so happens to be Mother's Day this Sunday. Um, this recording's going out just before Mother's Day. And it seems to, um, maybe I'm being preemptive here, but it seems as though one of your heroes could be your mum and, and your mother, because you mentioned her a couple of times. So, so maybe for, for Mother's Day, um, Carissa, um, I'd love to hear a shout out to your mum and, and just hear her name. And Oh, yes. No, thank you. Yes, my mom, Cassie Finley, still in the franchising space. She works for a large international fitness franchisor as well, too. And she also teaches franchising at a college in Texas. But what I have to give my mom a shout out to when it because she was the person who molded me into becoming a training and learning professional is she never taught me you know, techniques or strategies or methodologies. She taught me people and she taught me relationships with people. And she taught me, you know, to respect people and to learn from people and to, you know, uh, absorb all of the great wealth that lives along our community. Uh, So that is, I got to give my mom a shout out for that. Fantastic. And happy Mother's Day to to your mom and Obviously, mum's everywhere as well. But um, Carissa, if uh, if our viewers, listeners would like to get in touch with you, um, where can where can they find you? I know you've got a, a website, have you? Yeah, I do. So it's just carissafinley.com. And from there, you can get the book if you'd like it. I can send you an autographed copy if that suits you. Um, and um, then, then you've got some information that if you do, you know, if you're looking for a speaker to talk about burnout with your community, you can also get in touch with me there, too. Okay, fantastic. And please mention franchise L and D when you're asking for that autograph copy, because um, we've know we've uh, we, we, we've passed you across. But Chris, I, I've had a lot of fun. It's, it's been really interesting. It's been high energy. I'm going to go off and do some squats, run around, uh, run around the neighbourhood. Um, I've really, en- <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. So thank you very much for for coming on. Wish you all the success going forward, and, and I'm sure we'll we'll catch up again. But um, yeah, thank you for being part of franchise L and D. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh-huh.